0: the only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool she said that every living creature on earth dies alone hey it's bad dogs, hope is a good thing maybe the best of things and no good thing ever
1: dies
0: the more you know who you are and what you want the less i had a rough yeah.
1: You want an unwritten life? I want an unwritten life. I just don't know what
0: I'm supposed to be.
1: I think you just gotta find something you love to do and then do it for the rest of your life. conversation
0: hey. anyway. Hey, eating a croissant.
1: Oh, you're eating can a you croissant? Yeah, I can hear you now.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Did you make the croissant? No. You're making so many other things.
0: Yeah. They're so good store bought that,
1: like, why bother? No, I don't, I
0: don't
2: disagree.
0: agree. No. Yeah. How, are, How you? are you? I'm okay. How are you?
1: <clears throat> Fine. <laughs> Drinking <laughs> wine.
0: We both sound like Eeyore.
1: Uh, I was just, uh, yeah, not sad. Not sad. Just, uh, I don't know. I don't, know what I, was, I don't know what I was trying to do there. But I'm fine. I'm good. I've had a long day, but like a good day. Work from home for about nine and a half hours. And then... Which means I'll have an earlier off time tomorrow. Um, but I get started really, really early in the morning. So, like, I'll be done by like... A little after lunch tomorrow, I'll be done for my weekend. Which is cool.
0: good.
1: I need that... That kind of job (laughs) Well come on over to blank I'm not telling y'all where I work
0: It doesn't matter what time I get in I'm still not supposed to leave Until a specific time And If I stay that long Like it's it's like that Like no you can't close the store Until 10pm Well at 9.59 Something's Mm. going to happen Yeah. So it's it's just inevitable. And it drives me nuts. (laughs)
1: Oh, I'm sorry.
0: It's all right. Yeah. This week has been really, really rough.
1: (laughs) Just work wise or otherwise?
0: Work wise. I apologize to the three people that listen to this podcast because I assume there's at least one person besides Jacob and. Marie.
1: <laughs> hey, Marie. Hey, Jacob.
0: But I'm gonna finish eating my croissant because it's my dinner. So,
1: is it just a plain croissant? <laughs> yep. That's not a dinner. That's a snack. I had two. It's a double snack, but it's still <laughs> a snack. There's no protein. There's no vegetable. You've been doing so well. Why are you just eating this butter bread?
0: I am not. Feel like I came home just mentally exhausted. <laughs>
1: like fair. I can't do it.
0: I really just want to lay down
1: and watch The Office for three hours. (laughs) Netflix and depressed. Mm -hmm. I have had seven cups of homemade pour-over coffee today. Oh, wow. Yep. Which may explain a lot of the housework I've done today.
0: (laughs) And the nine and a half hours of work.
1: Well, the nine and a half hours of work is because I got to... My strategically timed seven, uh, seventh hour, which is right before my phone in meeting, because um, uh, our team meeting was today and um, which we try to do like every week or two weeks. And they're supposed to be an hour. So I called in or they called me so I could basically just listen in and you know answer any questions that came my way, um, which is not a big deal. Um, but we had a presenter. And they went for an hour and 40 minutes. And my boss kept saying, no, it's cool. Like, we don't have anywhere to be. And I'm like, I'm at eight and a half hours today. But I'm salary. So technically, like, that doesn't really matter, you know. Wow. Um, but I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I am I'm fine. I could leave because <laughs> I am home. Um, and uh, we were out of laundry detergent this morning, we realized. And Katie was leaving town. And so I, um, I like, needed to go get laundry detergent to do the laundry And, like, I was like, come on. And the meeting ended up going over two hours. And so by the time we got done, and if you wrap up uh, comments and questions and shutting down my computer, it was nine and a half hours. So it was actually really great planning going wrong on my end. Nothing to do with the coffee. But the coffee made it so that I didn't fall asleep in that really long meeting where I couldn't see, like, people. I was just looking at a shared computer screen, and most of the meeting was about, like, Conversation not about what was on the computer screen Anyway yeah. No big deal I have a job and that's a good thing No complaints
0: Yeah I'm starting to wonder though Like I'm at this I've, Not that I haven't been here before But it's this like Is it really worth all of this
1: I mean it gets better though That's the Well it might get better I should say
0: <laughs> There are days where it's
1: perfectly
0: fine and I honestly think my sister texting me earlier this week and being like, Hey, we're thinking about planning a weekend trip and coming in I'm like, Man, I really miss my family. Yeah. Like a
2: lot. Yeah.
0: And, like, is it worth all of this? I mean, Le- I'm could, by myself.
1: <laughs> you could leverage your experience and get a better job back there. It won't be as good as financially as what you've got, but neither is like the cost of living is, isn't as bad. So yeah, so,
0: I think about it a lot But then I think like Well I'm also not at a place Where I could go a few months Without Insurance <laughs> So Or without Like the You know Them Paying part of my insurance So So yeah I should remedy that And actually start saving money um, To that end I've paid off a few things In the last two weeks So Paid off, like some little debt stuff here and there.
1: You want to pay some of mine off?
0: Uh, yours is probably a lot more than mine.
1: I've got like two hundred and fifty dollars left on our cell phones. That's like the one that I'm like I'm going to reasonably achieve very soon. And I'm like, come on, feeling of accomplishment. Because yeah. otherwise, I don't have one. <laughs> I've
0: got about I think I have about three hundred dollars on my phone. Um, I've got uh. <laughs> Since I broke my bank card again for like the third time in the last year, I stopped using my bank card to buy things and started using my credit card to buy things. Mm -hmm. And then just paying the credit card. And, of course, that leads to like, oh, well, I have money in the bank and I'm using the credit card. So I wind up, you know, oh, well, it's only $500, but it's still maxed out. (laughs) Right. So, and... So I'm gonna pay that off, and then I owe what I owe to PayPal for all of the comic books that I bought. <laughs> so, which I haven't bought any in a while. So, other than my regular weekly stuff, which I get at a pretty steep discount. So,
1: and you also don't read? Just kidding. You do read sometimes.
0: I, I and I'm trying to get back into the the habit of reading before I go to bed, but lately. Like, I've been so stressed that when I sit down to read, I just, like, I can't focus. Like, I start thinking about other things. And that doesn't happen when I'm just, like, watching The Office. Or lately, it's been How I Met Your Mother. So, like, I can put that on and zone out completely. So, and not think about work. So, and then i fall asleep and have nightmares about work. So,
1: well, that's not fun at all.
0: No, it's not. <laughs>
1: um, what you have night? Okay, I don't even want to make you go into that. That just sounds not fun. That just sounds not good. It's it's
0: the the literal like because it would go into explaining exactly what my job entails, but it would it's not even like the whole like I showed up to school and forgot to put clothes on kind of nightmare. It's almost like. I showed up to school, everybody and everything is on fire, and somehow they're all blaming me. Like, that's the equivalent. Yeah. <laughs> so, that that's the nightmare I have pretty much every night. But that that's my own, and I know we've talked about this before, my own, like, whatever guilt that I always just throw on myself. Like, whatever's going wrong, it's my fault. So... Which I just still haven't I, I don't know how to resolve that So uh,
1: I don't know man I really don't I don't know I think you need to I'm not a good enough therapist <laughs> uh,
0: I, I, I do think you should meditate some, okay. If you don't meditate <laughs> I do not meditate <laughs> Watch how I met your mother Is that
1: counting? <laughs> no it, it's the opposite of counting Definitely not
0: if I don't have something like, like in my ears, you know, like pouring like worthless dialogue into my brain, then my mind just starts to wander, and
1: that's that's the thing is meditation gives you control over those those wandering thoughts. That's that's the benefit. It's eight minutes a day, man. You should do it. Because what happens is you you. <clears throat> It's like if uh, those wandering thoughts become like a piece of like lint on your shirt. You go, oh, there's a piece of lint. I will pick up that piece of lint, and I will let it go. And then you drop it on the ground. That's what it's like. That's that's genuinely the idea behind it uh, or the goal behind it. Anything beyond that, people get into very, very intense meditation goals, and those are all fine and well. I don't really, I'm not looking for my spiritual center. I'm afraid of what I'd find there, but i like the idea of being able to be in control of those thoughts that creep in and to to recognize them for what they are and have power over them instead of them having power over me. I think it's, that's what I think you should do. My therapist says that's a great thing for anybody to do and that she wishes more people everywhere would do it because it is the best form of therapy um, and she can't, Uh, Make someone come in on their hard-earned dollars and meditate for 10 minutes. You can't talk anyone into doing that
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. I'm paying you money to sit here in silence and think about things so
1: The trick is not to think about things
0: But that's what'll happen if I
1: No, I know I know but the way what happens Your mind is thinking and you're aware of the thinking but what happens is what you are thinking so you are literally thinking things Yes, um, but What you are thinking is basically control of your thoughts. So you don't go blank. The goal is not to get into the state of like zero thoughts in your mind ever. It's just the way in which you think in these eight minutes is, is altered. So it's you are thinking thoughts, but they're so you're so in control of them and they're so irrelevant because you have such a peace of mind that it is as if you were not thinking. It sounds harder than it is. It's super easy, and it's eight <laughs> minutes a day. You should totally do it. Uh, I'll find an app. I'll send you mine, and we'll start together at day zero. Like, I'll start it over. <laughs> that way we're doing it together. And, like, that sometimes is helpful when you feel like you feel. Yeah, right. like a support buddy, sort of like a diet, except for your brain. <laughs> Accountability buddy, that's the thing.
0: Accountability buddy.
1: That's what they call them, right? Like Weight Watchers and stuff. I guess. I'm pretty sure there's a, it's some. I've heard it before. My mom did lots of diets growing up.
0: That's pretty great. Accountability buddy. Remind me to name this episode Accountability. buddy,
1: yeah. And this is what's going to happen. An hour after we get done you're going to go, What was that name? And be like, I don't know, Star Wars. <laughs> I'm not writing it down, so we hope we remember.
0: I am taking notes. Um, anyway, that's enough. I I always have some stupid, like, oh, I'm depressed. Has anybody seen my tail?
1: (laughs) You've lost your tail on top of everything else?
0: Uh, yeah, something like that. (laughs) Um... Anyway, you did something or well, you didn't. You celebrated something earlier this week.
1: Celebrates a strong word. <laughs> We're very broke right now. It's pretty dumb.
0: Celebrate doesn't require money.
1: It just No, requires, I understand. Like
0: that. being understand. joyous in the occasion.
1: Yeah, I know, I know. My so here we go. So okay, so what Logan's alluding to is my 8th anniversary, but what he's forcing me to do is talk about Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> which just happened to be the same things. Um, so my um, my brother and sister-in-law signed divorce papers on my anniversary, so that's good. And then my other sister-in-law sent a random text message at about 7 p.m. to my wife and her mom and dad where she got this god-awful ugly tattoo around her wrist. But it's this thing that like they've tried to talk her out of for years, and she just sent a picture and said, It finally did it on our anniversary and she knows it's our anniversary and she just did it to stir the pot up and make sure that my in-laws are enjoying the fact that we made it to eight years and we're the most normal of all of their kids um and those two events happened many hours apart from each other and um they both weren't fully expected is the divorce thing we knew was coming we didn't know it was going to be on our anniversary and for context the wife of my brother-in-law so my wife's Brothers is her brother, then his wife was her childhood best friend. So like this one cuts deep. <laughs> so at like lunch-ish, uh, that happens, and then at dinner-ish, the other one happens. So the whole day was sort of like bwah, bwah. <laughs> so. Yes, yeah, so we had an anniversary. It was—it's We eight years in. That's really impressive, especially when we look at the dumb shits around us that make us want to go crazy. <laughs> but yes, and we ended up— we had a nice lunch that was— um that was pretty decent. And then Ezra, Ezra had school, so we had about five hours to ourselves. So we um, dropped him off at school, which I rarely get to do because it's during my work hours. When, when uh, it's like nine in the morning, so I could do it, but then I wouldn't get off until a lot later. Um, and so I never do that. So we got to do that and then pick him up. And that was nice. Um, but, but yeah, so that was the color the flavor of the day was not quite joyous. But we had a decent enough day, which is good. Uh, it, we, we didn't fight We didn't have any drama <laughs>
0: It's so weird That Which I mean I don't know I, My family's kind of like that too um, Not all of them but he, You know the ones
1: Here's, here's the thing I'm going to interrupt you really quick I'm sorry here's the difference Here's the difference Is Katie has not resigned herself To the reality Of what her family is like It's she still has Optimism <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I, I I definitely see that
1: yeah that that's the emotional difference. So now you say what you're gonna say, but that's the key chain difference between like you and your whole family right when it work. happens
0: to me I'm just like, well, a fucking course it does <laughs> like <laughs> right. of course you did this thing yes. I, I did not I expected you to absolutely do this thing to the point where like if something's going on, I could literally, like, map out. I could have mapped out Christmas Day. Like, here's everything that's going to happen. Here's all the people that are going to get upset. Um, and then, fortunately, I have to drive home. So, I'm just going to bail at 6.30 and be like, guys, I got to go. <laughs> so, and that's what happened. Um, but, yeah, the, you're right. The, the resigning yourself to, like, they're all insane. And they will find some way to ruin whatever good time I'm having.
1: (laughs) And and I want to say, like, I think that, um, like, like the, the sibling in law or the, the divorce couple, they actually ended up. And on top of that, the next day we found out, which is just sort of like, it's all like ridiculous to me at this point, but they, we found out that it wasn't signing divorce papers. It just signed a child, like not custody, but like whatever the child agreement is like the child care agreement basically and they're still potentially going to sign papers and it's a very complex emotional thing for day for my brother who's brother-in-law who's getting better like he's taking care of himself and he's trying to be a better human being and and through that he's like he's he's trying to figure out how to save this wreckage that they're both swimming in and so it's very complex and it's very emotional so I, i'm being very flip about it but like but the next day, it ended up not even being what it sounded like it was. So all day, Katie's thinking one thing. And the next day, they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, it wasn't quite that.
0: Which makes it even worse. So, like, yes. you you shit on my parade. Yes. With, like, it wasn't even real. Like, you just yeah. made up a bunch of none. It's St. Almost Fire.
1: <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I'd rather watch that movie than have to uh, deal with that other stuff <laughs> in my life. <laughs> um but uh but yeah so it was it was fine though so I will say this we um uh, I t- uh, tweeted you I believe we only tweeted about it I don't think we've texted or talked about it about that th- that I had a um a, sh- a film idea a feature film idea um that I think we can do relatively cheap um and Katie um really really really, <laughs> really wants to shoot a project with me going video because she's been doing a lot of video the last six months kind of under the radar like she'll do photo shoots and then they won't know that she shot video while she was there as well and then she will like gift her client say hey i'm learning a new skill here is a three minute video of your wedding for free because she's just learning she's been doing this for about six months but she's really into it she's really good at it um and she wants to shoot something so i pitched to her at our lunch my uh my feature film idea and i think it's in her very uh talented wheelhouse and there's a good chance that that we actually start shooting it as soon as the uh the trees start blooming again because i don't want to shoot it in the soggy wet of winter because we don't have frost it's just wet and gross and cold
0: yeah that's been a weird winter
1: yeah so so that that happened um and was very good on our anniversary. And we both felt like it was a growth moment that we could, that I could both trust her with, uh, my idea and that she could, um, be not so insecure about the conversation that we couldn't have the conversation. Um, so it was good. So that's good. We grew on on our anniversary. And so, um, hopefully wheels up on our, uh, my feature film, uh, this summer. And, uh, you will be involved, Sir, and you're going to hate me, but you're still going to have to do it. So there you go.
0: Do I have to be on the ca- on in front of the camera We'll talk soon okay. Um, I do have a
1: marriage question for you. hello, and
0: you can tell me that you don't want to answer it if you don't want to answer
1: it. you know you don't have to preface it with that. I would have told you that anyway.
0: <laughs> so uh, I, before I finished watching or before I started rewatching How I Met Your mother, I finished an office rewatch. Uh, Which was only like spotty rewatches I would put it on, watch an episode, fall asleep And then just pick up wherever it had stopped The next night Um, So I got to the later seasons pretty quickly um, Which I really enjoy A lot of people don't like um, The Will Ferrell stuff is horrible But uh, I like Robert California uh, And all his weirdness Um, but one of the things I remember, and I was this way too, getting really upset about was the Jim Pam stuff Mm -hmm. in the last two seasons, Mm -hmm. how it seemed like they were desperately trying to like, just add unnecessary drama to their relationship, but watching it now, I feel a lot different where I'm like, no, this, this is, this feels like two people who have been in a marriage slash relationship for a decade and like of course you know when you're in all all of that chaos like yeah feelings are going to get hurt and you're not going to know how to really resolve them because hell for the first five or six years everything was like oh this is fantastic you know and then you have kids and then you know you change jobs and then this job's more demanding and Somebody wants to change something about their life, and the other person's like, "But I kind of like the way our life is," and it's like, "Yeah, that's it." Feels a lot more honest than really the previous six or seven years of their relationship, which is such a fairy tale.
1: Mm Hmm. What's your question?
0: Well, I guess my question (laughs) is, am I right? Like, does do you feel different about, like, stuff like that? Like, did you have this unrealistic, like, oh, it's going to be happy forever, and then when things go sideways, you're like, well, this is not what I signed up for.
1: Um, no. Things went sideways quickly. (laughs) Um, no, everywhere. So here's the deal, is that, um my side of the family quickly decided they would not be good. (laughs) And then her side of the family played nice just long enough for us to get married. And Katie had to have, like, I don't think I ever told you this and I'm not going to get into the specifics because that's her business, but she had to have like emergency surgery, like 14 days into our marriage. Or something like that. Yeah, like, no, that's not like that's almost exactly right. Like two weeks in. So all of a sudden, like not only are we married, but like I have to help her in her personal business, like go to the restroom. Like quickly. <laughs> so we, we had like a fairy tale seven days. We went on our honeymoon. We came back, we had the rest of the work week off. Our honeymoon was pretty short. We left on a Saturday and we got back uh, Tuesday evening, I believe we got home. It was very quick, Um, but then we had the rest of the work week off. We worked together, um, and so we—that was great. We watched basically, I think, every season that was available of Mad Men at that time, like four or five seasons of Mad Men together. (laughs) Like she got really hooked on that, and then uh, we went back to work. And like a week later, she had surgery and was out of work for a little bit. And like I became a caretaker, and then I saw how. Like, the, the one thing that'll tell you how what the family dynamic with your in-laws is going to be is when their child has an injury. <laughs> and it just sort of, everything sort of started unfolding. So, no, um, our fairy tale did not last long, um, but at the same time, um, nothing has gotten, like, progressively, like, worse or, like, shift, like, I don't know, like, that's just sort of life happened a lot quicker than I think it happens for some people. We didn't have like a money behind us. We didn't have, um, yeah, I don't know. We didn't have like a full group of family surrounding us with like love and warmth, even if we were like poor and whatever. And uh, I don't know, we just sort of did our own thing and made our own way. And have just sort of fought our way to the next year, not necessarily about each other, though. Sometimes that's a, a case, but just sometimes it's about the struggle of life. And um, the struggle of getting a second dog when we should have shouldn't have, and like I don't know, we just sort of got through. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't a, know if
0: that dog did. was a killer, man. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, no, she's she's being better these days. Ari is now being the terrible one.
0: I love aria
1: She's like she's like really cute right now, looking at me across the room. But anyway, um, but yeah, so I don't know if that ex- answers your question exactly. Um, I, I hate that drama because it feels manufactured about what's going to happen to Jim and Pam. I do like the idea of like Jim and Pam not being perfect anymore. I just really wish the cameraman plotline had not been part of it.
0: Yeah, I, d- I don't like the the cameraman thing. I I do understand like the later when he brings up the fact that she broke down crying, mm-hmm. like and that Jim did not know about that. -hmm. And uh, how upset he gets, Mm -hmm. and not necessarily that he's upset with her, but he kind of is because like they have shared so much, and it's like you didn't tell me this. Like you're supposed to be the person to tell me this. Mm -hmm. But he also wouldn't shut up long enough to listen to her. So you know, it, it just it feels different now when I watch it, and I think. A lot of that comes from seeing so many people I know in marriages and like seeing how it actually functions rather than how, you know, I don't have a reference point. I only have movies and television. I think my parents. (laughs) (laughs) Which Which is about as simple as mine. So.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're, you, you are on to something there for sure. Um, the, the, there's two things you said, and the, the, the part about relationship dynamics I think you're correct about. The part about um, Jim and Pam, I have some disagreements, but that's just because I'm like, Pam would have been a lot more pissed off for a lot longer about that house. Like That would have been like a whole season of drama, that house. There should have been a whole episode about getting that clown painting off the wall. And, like, that would have been more realistic, in my opinion. Um, but I think that's earlier anyway. I can't remember where that falls in the timeline. But either way, like, there's that would have been the moment things started being really tough. Um, and so, like, I, I think that there are things like that that they messed up on. But the idea of this is more complicated because their fairy tale has now sort of shifted into real life is absolutely true. My dad said something to me when we were up uh, up visiting, and he said something along the lines of, that there's um, what true love really is is uh, is a process that evolves. It's not just um, the romantic love people talk about, which is sort of a cliche. People say that all the time, but he was basically saying that like what happens is as you get older, it's about like do you like the person you're with? Do you want to help them be okay? Do they want to help you be okay? When stuff goes wrong, do you still want to? have things go wrong with that person it's not does this person make my heart flutter because you do that for so much you sort of can max out on that it doesn't mean those moments don't come and go but like living in that gear wears down and out because you do it so much it just becomes like running a marathon the more you practice the easier that gets but it's like the more you have that romantic love the less effect it has and, and it has to be deeper than that. And that's when things shift and support is a big part of it. And caring and not, not just like, I'll care for you and pay the bills. Like, I care about your goals and your dreams. And if I've hurt your feelings, that matters to me. And uh, the way he was talking about it, I was like, that resonates as more truthful about love than almost any other conversation I've ever had about love.
0: That's pretty great
1: So Anyway, um, so yeah, so I think you are right um, And I think Jim and Pam Should have been more complicated But in different ways
0: <laughs> Yeah, I, I, looking back on the show Like when I got to the end, I was like They really should have been There should have been more complications Earlier on, rather than like Oh, they're together, isn't it wonderful Isn't? It? But, you know There weren't And by the time you get around to that, it's like I don't want to see them break these two up when I don't really think that was ever in the cards. I think yeah. it was more about showing um, like, I, it's almost like in that last episode where every all those women are standing up like fawning over Jim and acting like Pam is a total bitch for things that happened. It's like, no, like the dude like blew their money on a house that probably wasn't worth it. That needed all kinds of repairs. I mean, probably got a good deal, but you bought a house with not your money. It's not like you're an independent millionaire who just bought this house for her. no, you bought a house with the money that you're both bringing in. Like her finances have to go into this too. Maybe that's not the house you wanted, man. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's you're right. It's kind of stupid. And I, I really do think Like if I was in that situation I would be like what do you mean you bought a house <laughs> <laughs> Like we didn't discuss this This is big That's a big thing You know
1: <laughs> Yeah
0: um, Anyway yeah I just I, I feel so differently now And it's just weird because Outside of you guys And Paula and Chad and I, I not that I don't. I mean, I live with Paula and Chad. I know that they argue, um, but like so many of the other relationships that I have to, you know, like look in on or whatever, however you want to say it, it's all about like, or it's all it's become all about like who's right and who's wrong, mm-hmm.
2: and,
0: and it's like so frustrating when I have conversations with my friends or relatives. And it's literally about, well, this is what they did wrong. This is what they did wrong. Well, my sister Kelly and her husband, David, it's not like that. Um, not Again, not that they don't fight. I used to work with Kelly every day. She walked into the office plenty of mornings, furious at her husband. And, you know, really didn't want to talk about it. And just be like he just did something that made me mad. I'm being stupid and sensitive, but he was being a jerk. And I'll be over it eventually <laughs> So
1: Yeah I think we got past the Who's right or wrong thing A while back it was definitely a phase we went through You said this well, And then you said this and we're just quoting each other Back to each other Or reciting the actions of the other back to each other Trying to prove that we're right But at some point if you are reasonably self aware You go This is a cycle that no one will ever win <laughs> And nope. it's so exhausting And in the end, you just have both people with hurt feelings. And I think part of that getting to year eight or whatever the next year is, is realizing like, hey, if this matters so much that you're right, maybe you're not in this. They're in the right way and you need to reevaluate or you go, oh, yeah, no, it actually doesn't matter if I'm right. I just am trying to win an argument that for whatever reason we've decided is an argument when it's really not, we just have someone get their feelings hurt and then someone got their feelings hurt because the other person got their feelings hurt and it just is a, it's stupid. And you kind of go, Oh, I see that that's dumb. And it's about ego. So let's just put that aside to say, Hey, when you hurt my feelings, I'm going to tell you that. And then the other person is going to say, okay, I recognize I did that. And let me, let me understand so that I won't do that again but please understand where I'm coming from is like being understood is more important than being right and and that helps progress um and and I know like I understand things about Katie and honestly about the way that I talk that I never understood for a very long part of my life through her, hurting her feelings accidentally and being like why would that hurt your feelings and then I look back at other relationships now that I fully understand that and I'm like, shit, I have upset some people that I could probably like if it wasn't just going to dig up shit they don't need to think about because like they've moved all of their lives and it doesn't matter. I recognize where I've hurt many people's feelings because of the way I talk. And it's not anger. It's a, it's a it's a uh, almost Sheldon Cooper, like a uh, uh, logic based bluntness that in the end had no ill will but there's no way it wasn't going to hurt somebody's feelings. And it's like you have to recognize those things. And Katie has her stuff, and I'm not going to call her out on my on her stuff. I'll just call myself out. But, like, you have to do that to progress. Otherwise, you stay stagnant. And some people do that forever, and they just resent each other and hate each other. Um, and that sounds like a terrible life, and I would rather not do that. And that's another part of it is Katie also – one of my deals is I don't feel – that marriage is a sacred bond that cannot be broken no matter what happens. Fuck that. If Katie cheated on me, bye Felicia. Not pass no second chance, no mediation, divorce your ass, and I'll put every penny I have into getting full custody of my child. Fuck you. Period. <laughs> and and so like that's just how that's how I see it. I see marriage is a choice that you make every single day. And and I've um, because of that um, uh, that has made because I've been blunt like that in the past um, it, it makes it so I've also like put like a an accidental tester on like, hey, don't mess up too bad or I'll divorce you and that's really not what it is. <laughs> but that's how it feels because that's how I talk about it. Do you see what I'm saying? right. so you got to be careful about that and then but 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 because I don't see it as this thing that has to last like, that means you've got to put in the work to stop sitting in the bullshit. And so we we don't sit in the bullshit forever. I feel like we have seasons of things like where you, people grow and change. Katie was, I'm not that I was old, but Katie was 21, just turned when we got married. Had never really drank before we got married. Um, like didn't go to college and live at college. Moved out of her parents' house to move into our apartment. Um, like... It's, it's a different thing. I moved out when I was 18 and I partied my ass off and I made lots of mistakes and I lived with someone else. And like, thank God I don't have like another child that isn't Ezra. But you know, it's like so many things that I'm not proud of that I have. But I, I like, I went out and lived and was kind of like, cool. I'm good. She's grown up with me, essentially. And that's hard. That's so hard. And you change and that evolves and you evolve and you have to choose to accept that. Because if you don't, you're just stuck in that rut, man. You've seen it, and everyone's seen it. It's the shit you see on TV all the time. If it's with the 50s, it's where Don Draper and his wife come from. And I don't know, man. I don't think Katie needs to sit in my bullshit if I don't ever want to change. And uh, and I don't think I need to sit in her, so we work at evolving together, which is is work, but that's, that's what it's about.
0: Yeah, I like
1: that. Yeah, anyway. What else? What other questions you got? <laughs> Deep thought, Logan. Uh, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, nothing. Okay, fair enough. Iron Fist sucks, by the way.
0: Yes, it does.
1: I don't think we've had. You you have warned me about it in the past, but um, but I don't think we've ever actually had a verbal conversation since I've seen some of it. It's awful. I He's, do
0: think season two is much better. He is terrible.
1: <laughs> he has no personality. I had and <laughs> he seems so dumb, like all the time.
0: Like it is like if you took a really bad version of Tom Cruise's character in, um uh, God, what's the name the of the Nils movie? Guy? Uh, no, the 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 other one where he's just looking for an orgy.
1: Oh, eyes
0: wide shut. Yeah, eyes wide shut. It's like if you took that character, this rich, privileged, bratty. Shitty kid and then Somehow made him even more Boring <laughs> and, and did not surround Him with like sex <laughs> Just surrounded him with like uh, All these other more interesting Characters that you never get to spend time with It's like oh my god I don't Care about this guy all he does Is walk around and talk about how He's the iron fist and What do you see him do punch a door
1: Fuck Dude. you. But the door. Okay, okay, let's talk about this door. This is season one of Iron Fist, and honestly, it's not worth even the spoiler alert that I could give. But whatever. Um, he is escaping a mental institution. He busts that door down right with his iron fist, and it is into like a street. It's a it's a metallic like like security door for the exit of a mental institution that just goes into a New York City street. There's no lobby. There's no... It's not like an alleyway side entrance. It is a street. It is a door on the street. It is stupid. That's the other part of the problem with the show, is it does stupid stuff like that that logistically just does not make sense at all.
0: I don't get... Because, like, even I didn't love Jessica Jones, but I don't think it's a stupid show. Right. I I, I think it made some... Some errors in judgment, but Fantastic. I think
2: it's
0: yeah. Um, but I think it's a very well-made show. Luke Cage, I think, is phenomenal. Daredevil is again makes some errors, but it's a smart show. Um, other than like we're gonna fight the hand on a rooftop. Here's six people um, you know, after building up this massive ninja army. But whatever, that that's, again, that's casting, I guess, not necessarily,
1: budget. like,
0: yeah, stupidity. But, like, Iron Fist makes really, really stupid choices. Like, every character makes the dumbest possible choice. And some of them you know are not stupid. Like, you could almost write him off and be like, this kid was in a plane crash. Grew up with a bunch of monks Has no idea how to live life Which would have been more interesting Well they could have played into that fact Right right and they don't No
1: Uh,
0: And instead like let's surround him With all these other characters But then instead of them Making him continue to look stupid Like he's just going to drag Them down in his stupidity So that they all do the dumbest Possible thing
1: It's crazy man anyway yeah so no i'm not enjoying it but i'm halfway through it so um i will i will finish it so i can move on and my weird ocd watching brain can then watch the defenders and the rest of it
0: uh season two is better but it's not infinitely better uh cage season two i think is fantastic jessica jones season two is at least twice as good as the first season so
1: And really, and I love the first season That's exciting
0: Uh, Well, much like I think Guardians of the Galaxy 2 Is twice as good as the first one I didn't really enjoy the first one So your mileage may vary
1: That's fair, but at least Hey, I think at least that means it holds up So that's good Yeah,
0: I think it's very good So
1: And um, you still haven't seen Glass, correct? No Yep What are you doing? Are you still going out of town? Are you no? Are you still in town this weekend?
0: Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm trying to get myself motivated to not sit around the apartment and watch television endlessly. So, because right now that's all I want to do.
1: Yeah, no, I I understand. I understand. That's like because we talked about going to see it after you got off of work. Nice. Um, and I like I can already feel it in your voice, and I can feel it in my spirit. We're both like. Yeah, but by like seven on a Friday, I could be at home in my pajamas. <laughs> yep, that's that sounds nice too. And I, yeah, I don't know. So no, I can feel it in your tone. We should make Ryan watch uh, Billy Jean or whatever, and we should watch it and podcast about it.
0: I'm down for that. I could be down
1: for that too because if I get off early, I'm going to try to go to the movies after work and see a couple of Oscar things that I have not seen yet.
0: So pretentious
1: Whatever get over it I don't give a shit
0: Uh, Black Panther best picture nomination
1: That's right thank you Not pretentious anymore am I That's what I'm rooting for It's Black Panther by the way
0: I mean I'll pull for it because it's a comic book movie One that I really really enjoyed I I I do This is going to sound not the way I mean it I do feel like it's a token Nomination not because it features like ninety nine percent black people, African American people, different you know nationalities, whatever. That's fantastic. Um, it feels like a token, like, "Hey, come watch the Oscars. We're geek friendly too." Fuck you. <laughs> like we don't need your nonsense. Where were you when the Dark Knight came out? Kiss my ass, man.
1: Wait, what? I just I don't think I followed that thought at all.
0: Like, what are you saying? The Dark Knight didn't. The Dark Knight gets a nomination because Heath Ledger dies. That's why it gets a Best Supporting Actor nomination. It doesn't get a Best Picture nomination.
1: No, you know, the, the, the general rule of thought on that Keith Ledger nomination is no matter what anyone says, he would have gotten nominated either way because that performance was so stunning. That was generally, generally a beloved performance, and while the, he may have died and all that and that they boosted box office, I do believe, I don't. I think he gets nominated either way.
0: It should have been nominated for Best Picture.
1: Well, that's true. That's why we have more movies that can get nominated now. So all the rules have changed because of that movie not getting nominated.
0: And and now we're getting the, oh, hey, look, we nominated Black Panther. Are you happy now?
1: I don't think that's what that is. I think since the moment it came out in February, they said this is going to be like Best Picture nominee. And the fact that it came out almost a year ago and is now nominated, I totally disagree with you. I think... I think an argument could be made for finally giving Spike Lee a best director nomination for Black Klansman and Black Klansman getting nominated as well. Um, Not that it's I think it's a fantastic movie and I would I think it's just as good of a best picture winner. Um, And but it's like he's made so many phenomenally important and big movies when he was like in the prime heat of his career. That feels like the token. Or nomination. Not Black uh, Panther, that's uh, an anomaly
0: uh, they don't like... Not necessarily A specific movie nominee. Which, again, Oscars th- Like, they do that Repeatedly So many actors get nominated for performances That I-, I watch and go This one? This is the one you pick? Denzel Washington? Like, this is the one you pick? Training Day? Like, it's a fine movie That's not his best performance
1: But he's really charismatic yeah, it's a good performance. I will say that.
0: I don't. Think, I still don't think it's his best, and like no, it, that's what he wins for. You know, I mean, it, it just it's so bizarre the way they do things. So I guess it's my, it's probably my uh, like slight hatred towards the way they do things that makes me feel like okay, well, so now you're going to recognize that these movies matter and they're important. You know, piss off. I'm tired of it. So, I'm just better about it. I'm happy it got nominated, though. But then how, that's, that's so really excited.
1: That's so dumb. You're so dumb. I'm just saying it. I'm very happy it got nominated. If it wins, I'll be so excited. Piss off for nominating it. You sound like a drunk. You sound like yeah. a drunk guy at a bar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man you know what movie sucks that got nominated for a bunch of stuff? What? Vice. Vice is a terrible movie. Vice is is so bad. Like, now, Christian Bale's great in it. Amy Adams is great in it. But when are they not great in something, you know? Even Sam Rockwell doing his little George W. impersonation is really, really good.
0: It's Mm -hmm. the only thing about the movie I want to see. Sam Rockwell is amazing.
1: He's really in like 10 minutes of it, maybe, um, but, but he's so good in that role, especially um, in a couple of like key moments of Bush's um, presidency. But the conversation about which is in one of the trailers about which some of it's in the trailer um, about, will you run as my vice president? And like they're sort of negotiating and he's just kind of like, all right. <laughs> It's so good. Um, but the rest of the movie, it's choppy and it's got all this terrible... It's honestly symbolism that I would put in my first feature film because I didn't know any better. Stuff like that. You're like, man, this isn't your first movie, Adam McKay.
0: I was about to say, it's Adam McKay, right? Which yeah. is ridiculous. The dude has made like 15 films. <laughs>
1: it's so bad. And he's he's like experimenting a little bit, but it's like, yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't work. Why are you doing this? I still haven't seen... Bohemian Rhapsody, and I'm so annoyed with that whole thing. Um, and I haven't seen Green Book, um, which is probably what I'll see tomorrow, but I'm also annoyed with that, but I like Mahershala Ali a lot. Um, and then Roma is on Netflix, so we're going to watch that once we get the uh, theater screen set up and Katie gets back. We're going to watch that this weekend. Oops. And the favorite is amazing. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's it's um, Olivia Coleman. Emma um Emma Stone, and Rachel Weisz in a lesbian love triangle uh, with a queen.
0: How come I'm just hearing about this movie? I
1: don't know, but you would love it. It's so good. <laughs> it's so it's gay exactly
0: like the kind of movie I want to see.
1: It's so gay and happy and like funny and dark and twisted, and Nicholas Holt plays this really effeminate like. Um, lord of the manor kind of type who's trying to like dangerous liaisons John Malkovich manipulate them but he's out of his league and it's very funny and there are ducks that walk around I don't know, or rabbits, there are rabbits that walk I don't know, it's so weird and great and I really think you would love it um, and it's, uh, yeah, you need to see it
0: I've got to watch this movie
1: and just to be clear, because I know I talk to you this way um, but if there's any listeners, like I mean, gay, literally, like that's not a pejorative or something like it's just is a very gay movie in a good way. It's just it's great. It's so good.
0: Yeah, I have to check this out. So
1: and like all three of the leads got nominated. But she uh, Olivia Coleman, who plays the queen, she got nominated for lead actress. And then the two of the supporting actress nominees are Emma Stone and the other one's Rachel Vice. So like they're all just great.
0: Has Emma Stone eaten anything in the last five years?
1: Um, well, they worked that into the plot, so maybe that'll help you a little bit.
0: She's so thin. Her head is so much bigger than the rest of her body.
1: Well, she's in those big poofy clothes, so it's not as quite noticeable until she's out of them for a moment. Well, that's good. Okay. (laughs) Now you'll watch it tonight. (laughs) No, I have other stuff to watch tonight. Like How I Met Your Mother, season 17?
0: Uh, I'm trying to make it through the Punisher, which started off season two, which started off fantastically. In fact, season two is so good and has, well, no, it does have something to do with season one. But I would almost tell you to skip season one, watch season two, and then somewhere in the middle of season two, go back and watch season one.
1: Yeah, but you know I'm not going to do that.
0: No, I know you're not. But, like, season two starts off so... Good that I was just like Oh my god this is incredible Like it's like I I don't want to compare it to John Wick Because I know how high a pedestal You put that on but like I was that excited for it Like the way it started Like this is going to be amazing And then like halfway through it becomes More about this character From the previous season I'm like oh god I don't care about this guy So Um I'm anxious to get back to where they were at the beginning instead of this like revisiting a plot from season one thing. So I've got like four episodes left. I'll finish it this weekend sometime.
1: Is it 10 or like 13 episodes? 13. Good God. I just realized I'm not quite halfway through. (laughs) I just realized I'm like not halfway through. Iron Fist because it's not ten episodes. Nope.
0: I think Ugh. season two is shorter though. I, That's good. Mm-hmm. I know that Defenders is only eight episodes.
1: I'm looking forward to that. Um, Don't. Uh, what did you get uh, sarcasm? Read the room here. <laughs> I just, I just truthfully, I, I'm so mad that I'm not watching Jessica Jones season two and Luke Cage season two. And Daredevil Season 3. Because those are the ones I want to see. And it's ridiculous this hold that I have. That stops me from doing that. I'm so annoyed.
0: Now I will say this. Daredevil Season 3. Does. Play off the end of Defenders. But I could literally tell you what happens. At the end of Defenders. And you would not have to watch it. (laughs)
1: So Don't do it.
0: Uh. But, yeah, Punishers, and you haven't watched season one of Punisher either, have you? Nope. It's really good. I I don't want to sound like I'm down on it, but it was a little slow at times. Mm -hmm. And it definitely didn't start off like balls to the wall. And season two started off with, I mean, literally there's a moment, like he's in a van with this person, and they're flying down the street. And this car cuts in front of him, blocks him off. And this other car pulls up behind him. And this person looks at him and goes, What now? And he just pulls out this machine gun and just starts gunning these people down. I was like, Oh my god, this is incredible. Okay. Uh, Iron I, just doesn't
1: I, hasn't punched anyone in like three hours. Y- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe that Glohan thing was like really expensive to do.
0: <laughs> Should call him Lindsay Glohan.
1: I'll call him Danny Glowhand Because it's the same amount of syllables And ends with that Y
0: But he's still a trained martial artist And like
1: My favorite part is for the first like three episodes The whole deal is he just can't concentrate Well enough to be the Iron Fist Right I can't think well enough because I'm dumb Can't (laughs) can't be smart enough to bunch people
0: Kind of want to spoil a plot point Of Defenders so bad
1: don't do it. I will be genuinely pissed at you because I'm doing. Because I'm still not going to jump ahead. I know, and I'll just be annoyed with you.
0: It's not a major plot point. And, well, I if you want, if you want, if you want me, me for the
1: first I'm time ahead. to be really mad at you, here we go. I'm
0: not going to say it. It just has to do with Danny, and it's so funny, and I can't wait till you get to Defender So I can be like, "Yeah, see, <laughs> he's so
1: stupid," and Sorry. what is... So we decided to stay in our house another year. Well, that's good. Meh, I don't know. We're ready to move, um, but yeah, we're um, financially. We've got to take care of some stuff because we keep having too many downs. So we're working really hard.
0: I it's mean, hard that work. puts more uh, like equity in the house, right? Like you.
1: I don't know how any of that works. So sure, there, I, I I was done. A, we need a class in high school that is. Being an adult in corporate America. And by corporate America, I mean America owned by corporations. That's what we need to class in. I agree. So I don't know what equity means. We got a fence. I think I have equity in the house. (laughs) I built a fence. I'm pretty sure that's kind of what it is.
0: I mean, you made improvements on the house. so And you, you put more money into it. Plus... I mean the more you pay into it The less you owe the bank So the more you're going to get out of it When you sell it As long as the house doesn't depreciate in value Right Which it shouldn't I mean things are kind of moving out that way So It's also a very nice neighborhood Um You know
1: With no street lights
0: Yeah that's a little weird I hate it Um I, I don't understand it. Um I was, and it's I, like it's and it's not that it's a dangerous place, but like do you want to walk around anywhere in the dark? I mean but there's I
1: think, I think that's the whole idea. I think it discourages it. I, I do, I genuinely think that it discourages people walking around a neighborhood at night. But and I mean, wish I, I could see the theory in that, but at the same time, like, hey, my kid goes to bed and it's dark at like six now, so he's to bed and I can't go like do a couple laps. Yeah. That's annoying, but yeah. at the same time, there's not strange people walking around our neighborhood at night. And if there are, we yeah. can't see them, so we all feel a false sense of safety. <laughs>
0: uh, that's the most important thing: false sense of security.
1: What if it's like a horror movie thing, and then like it's like if when the visitor comes and unearths like the the beasts that live in our neighborhood? They're like, didn't you ever think about the streetlights? Or like, we never made a difference. We never thought about it.
0: What, what if, if we're what if we're just those
1: people? Like in
0: signs, it's water, but in real life, it would be street lights.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um,
0: it's a good movie.
1: Signs is a good movie. I haven't seen it in forever. Joaquin Phoenix is amazing.
0: He's fantastic, man. I'm legitimately like on board for this Joker thing. Although, like the geek person in me is like, I don't understand what the fuck Warner Brothers is doing. They <laughs> know don't. Me.
1: They know. I'm I'm 220 pages in this book called The Big Picture, which is this guy Ben Fritz, this journalist, basically read all of the Sony hack emails, and created a uh, the the story the narrative of what has happened in big budget movie making in Hollywood, and like it so it's not just like everyone goes all I care about superhero movies, it's like, okay, fine, sure, everyone knows that's true, but why financially is that true, and why historically has this happened? And it traces like this whole, like there's a whole chapter that's just about IMAX growing in China, which is what opened the Chinese market up to other companies, and then also helped IMAX become the LIMAX beast that it is today. Like that's a whole chapter, is just about that. But it's this whole idea. But anyway, so they, but a lot of it because of superheroes and franchises is about basically how Marvel overpowered and dominated on such a scale that every studio, even when they have successes, is so freaked out because they cannot do what Marvel's doing that they just keep trying anything. And so, like, but they go through all these, like, meetings and these, and, like, he's, he, like, has quoted emails. It's all the stuff he used from the hack. And he even says, like, the first chapter is, I know this is sort of shitty. However, if I didn't do it, other people do it poorly, so I'm doing it. Um, and so, it's like, but it goes to this whole thing about how, like, some Marvel movie will come out and they'll be like, that movie sucked, but look how much money it made. Why can't we do that? And they're like, make five Spider-Man movies. And it's like this whole thing or a reactionary thing. And I just see the Joker as a complete reactionary thing to like the Twitter mentions of Jared Leto as the Joker, where they've talked more about the Joker than Jared Leto. So, Oh, we need a Joker movie. Like, that's how I see it really happening. I'm more cynical than ever.
0: Oh, I, I completely agree with you, but like, it, it's fascinating to me that this thing exists, you know, like, I understand Sony's, like, knee-jerk, like, we've got to find a way to hold on to some of these Spider-Man properties because Marvel went and co-produced or whatever a Spider-Man movie and made one better than every other Spider-Man movie we've ever made, except for one. Of course, then they actually let a group of people make a fucking Spider-Man movie without studio interference And it's the second best Spider-Man movie, at least, if not the best, you know. And it's animated. Nobody gave a shit. Nobody really thought anything of it. And it's the best animated film in, I don't know how long, since the first Incredibles movie.
1: If not before then. I mean, it, yeah, it's pretty, it, it's so wonderful. Um, but it's funny because the, this book, the big focus of this book is Amy Pascal who got fired because of the Sony hacks essentially, but not really. She was going to get fired anyway. It just became an easy way for her to get fired. Um, and, um, but like her whole deal was, and the reason they wanted her to go like be like go is because of how precious she found Peter Parker and how increasingly annoyed she was at Spider-Man three and beyond at the failings of those movies, not just financially, but like essentially how they treated Peter Parker. Like they have all these emails where she's emailing Sam Raimi about Pete, who she's like, thinks is like this great character. And like, there's all these things. This book came out like two years ago, but all these things about Spider-Man as an idea and Spider-Man as a character. And then the book goes into how she like, she gets fired she starts her own production company which is what she wanted to do her whole life she just sort of got into executive stuff by like like succeeding upwards at a too fast of a pace and so when spider verse starts it's a marvel sony and pascal pictures production so, like, they just she cared. So, the like the executive that's the front line of all this shit with the Sony hack, she's like the champion of Spider Man at Sony. She's the one who is like, okay, fine, we need to do all this stuff with Feige because we can't get it right and we can't get the freedom in this company to get it right and we got to do it. And so, we get Peter right because we're killing Peter. And like, even Sam Raimi like said, you got to go to them. Like, like, but it's so amazing how the corporate whatever is terrible and there's just like one lady in the middle of it who got kind of labeled as the worst one and she's like the biggest fan of peter in the whole company and she's the reason we have spider-verse which gets spider-man better than almost anything else has ever gotten spider-man oh, so you good.
0: it's you know it's ridiculous So, But like I said I understand Kind of Sony's knee jerk reaction to like We're gonna make a Morbius movie We're gonna make a Silver Sable movie Like we've gotta find a way to hold on to these properties Cause that's They don't have a lot But Warner Brothers owns an entire Library You have everything The only thing you can manage to do Like they lucked into Wonder Woman You know like for whatever It's almost like the Spider-Verse thing Where it's like well, we don't really think that this is going to succeed, so we're just not going to pay attention to what you're doing. And then I, I think somebody paid attention at the end was like, well, we need a big battle, and that's the worst part of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. But they just keep fucking making Spider- or Spider-Man, Superman and Batman movies. You have an entire library, but then point to failures like Green Lantern. It's like Green Lantern didn't fail because Green Lantern's a shitty character. It failed because you're idiots. Who don't understand the character.
1: Yep. No, I yep. I hope I'm with you.
0: The reason they can't replicate Marvel is because Kevin Feige gives a shit about these characters. As stupid as they are, he cares. He cares that people care about them. He doesn't care that like his philosophy is like, if we get it right, the people that care about these characters will show up. Now, the people that don't give a shit about the characters might find it eventually, but the people that care about these characters will show up, and they'll so, bring other people.
1: <laughs> it's funny because so, – so in this thing too I was reading, did you know – I'm just curious if you knew this, two things. Number one is do you remember when Amazing Spider-Man 2 was coming out, didn't do so great, and they were like, but we're going to make a Sinister Six movie. Do you remember that? Yes. Did you, do you know that that was a lie? completely
0: um no i don't think i knew that i knew that there was a lot of uh like smoke and mirrors about what they were gonna do but i don't remember reading that like that was an out and out like no that was
1: never so so if the movie had done well the third spider-man would have had those characters that were planted um, come into you know into the third Spider-Man movie as like the villain, the team basically. But the Sinister Six movie was a flat-out lie so that their um, shareholders wouldn't freak out and their stock price wouldn't dip even farther um, because of the lack of success of Amazing Spider-Man Two, which they knew three months before it came out was going to be as big of a failure as it ended up being for them because they made like nothing on that movie. And even though it made like $764 million, they just didn't make money on it. Um, and, uh, and so it, uh, but that's a total lie they made to save stock prices, which I thought was fascinating. Um, and then the other thing I was reading is that Bob Iger, the guy who bought Marvel and Lucasfilm for Disney, essentially what? actually had DC on a list for a long time, even post buying Marvel as a potential to buy for Disney.
0: It doesn't surprise me.
1: But isn't that weird? To I don't know why that just... Like, it's so weird to think about. Like, what if they got a Kevin Feige type to run DC movies at Disney? That would just be, like... That would just be crazy.
0: Well, then Disney really would just kind of own everything. I mean...
1: That's true. But at the same time, what if we got, like, a huge roster of great Disney, DC movies?
0: I mean, that would be great. My, my, like, I don't understand why Warner Brothers can't do this. Like, I, it and it doesn't, like, they thought bringing in, uh, like, bringing up Jim Lee and uh, bringing in, uh, God, what's his name? The writer, uh, Jeff, Jeff Johns, Jones over to, I'm like, uh, like, it just doesn't translate. You need somebody, mm-hmm. like. Who truly understands like the old school, not the flashy 90s bullshit. Now, I like Jim Lee. I do. But it's all flash and very little substance,
1: you know. It's The thing is, Feige and Kathleen Kennedy, the Lucasfilm and Marvel heads, basically, the producer extraordinaires of both of their groups. They first knew movies, but also had a passion for the thing they're now making movies of, right? Like Feige, Feige's a movie producer who worked his way up from like an assistant to, to, and also loved the characters.
0: He worked on the first X-Men movie.
1: Yep. Jim Lee and, and Jeff Johns were comic book writers first, not movie people who they tried to turn into movie people. They need to find their movie guy who loves the characters. They need them, but they need a movie guy. That they need someone who can make of these movies because it's like that whole thing they say about. I mean, why like Edgar Wright left Ant-Man? These are in the end, these are Kevin Feige's movies. They may have directors who get their voice in there, but in the end, Feige's like hands on with every single one of these things from beginning to end. He knows what's up and he knows what they need. They need to be and you don't like, but he also knows it in the form of movie making needs, not just character needs. He has he has both Jeff Johns. I wouldn't want him to. I wouldn't want to watch an indie movie that Jeff Johns directed, much less a big giant two hundred thousand or two hundred million dollar movie that he produced. No mm-hmm. interest in that. Mm-hmm. And and so that I think that's I don't know who that is because it's always because who knew who Kevin Feige was before he was Kevin Feige, you know? Um, and so like I, I of Marvel, I mean, and so like I, I don't know that we could say out of a hat here's the guy who knows DC and should do it. But I feel like there's got to be someone out there who's like, I love these characters. I know how to make movies. Let's do this thing. And that's what Warner Brothers is missing and needs. And they also need to get rid of J.K. Rowling as the producer of their Harry Potter movies. Because she's not a movie person first. She's a book person first.
0: I still haven't seen that last
1: one. I haven't either. It comes out on digital in a couple weeks. And I just, I'm hoping I know someone who buys it because I really don't want to give Johnny Depp my money.
0: It's the first Potter-related movie I haven't seen in a theater.
1: I purely didn't because of Johnny Depp, full-on. I just could never get my head around it.
0: I'm sure I'll buy it. Well, I don't know. I didn't buy
1: the last one.
0: I did see it twice in the theater,
1: so... Yeah, I just... I I know a few people at work are probably going to buy it, and I'm going to be like, hey, I loan you all enough movies, bring it to me.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I wish I could, like, put my... I mean, not that they listen to us anyway, but I, I don't know. I just, I don't understand what you don't get. And then uh, I like, remember when they announced, they're like, we're going to do what Marvel did. We're going to announce all of these movies. I mean, mm-hmm. none of them have happened. Aquaman happened. Wonder Woman happened. We still don't have a flash movie. We still don't have a standalone Batman movie. We, well, we got the suicide squad. Um,
1: Yay. <laughs>
0: Um, we still don't have a Green Lantern movie. We're damn sure, we're not getting a cyborg movie. I don't know what fool thought that was gonna happen. Um, like nobody knows who this guy is. Like, yeah, children do because they watch uh, Teen Titans Go. That ain't their cyborg, man. That's not what you're giving them, you know. So, although <laughs> I do like it in Justice League when he says uh, "booyakasha." Uh. Ooh, your dog's sneezing.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> Guess he's allergic to uh comic book talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um she's like nerds. Um no, it's it's I agree. And and that's the big thing. That the other concept that I never really thought about is that like Marvel as a studio with Disney, essentially they have to put out or they put out like Six movies a year now, right? And they're all phenomenally huge. Even their failures make so much money that it's all fine, right? Like, like say, and I mean failures in like in the scheme of things. Like Doctor Strange is sort of a failure. Um, still made a lot of money though, right? Uh, just didn't make as much as a lot of the other ones do. Um, and but they only make six, so you have all this focus you can put on it. Warner Brothers doesn't just make tentpole movies; they make all sorts of stuff. So that's why you need like one person who isn't Zack Snyder in charge of all of it, because Feige can st- be on set, be in the the editing room, be with the special effects people, be with the movie stars who were pissed off because their lattes weren't right whatever it is he needs to do, he can do it because they're not making so much that he can't be involved. Right. And, and so you get the sort of constant quality control, but with a big giant studio like Warner brothers, that is making such a high amount of content and Sony, there's no way to do that because there's just too much going on. And that makes sense. But it's like, it, there's not an easy solution because you can't tell someone like Warner brothers, we'll stop making movies.
0: Right. And well,
1: so D- Disney just figured out how to do it and started scaling back. That's why we don't have Touchstone. That's why they got rid of Miramax. It's just essentially Pixar, Disney animated, and Marvel with the very occasional, like, based on a true story, some sort of athletic movie. Yeah, yeah. And that's literally all they do now. And that's all they're focused on because that makes them boo-coodles of money, and they never fail year over year.
0: Yeah, you're right.
1: It's insane.
0: I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. And the fact that it's not a formula that some other studio can replicate is kind of baffling to me. (laughs) Like, it's not that it seems easy in a way of like, but it does seem like, oh, well, like, we'll just do what they're doing. Like, just keep talking to people until you find that person. And we're like, okay, well, they get it. Instead of just going like, um, maybe that guy gets it. Let's see what he has to say. Yeah. I'm sure they thought um, Josh Whedon was probably going to be that guy. And although I keep waiting. I know there's stuff out there, but I keep waiting for that that article. Like the one that was just published about uh, the uh, former X-Men director, unfortunately. Uh, it. It breaks my heart that he directed the best X Men movie we'll probably ever see, but there it is. Um, you know, there was an article you pointed me to it, but from The
1: Atlantic about yeah. Brian Singer, yeah.
0: And I just keep waiting on that article about Joss Whedon.
1: No, so. it sounds like he is more of a cheater, but a little, very consensually. Mm. That seems to be his reputation. He's he's actually a dick but not a uh, law-breaking... He's more of a heartbreaking dick rather than a, um, a psychologically abusive, crazy person. That seems to be the general thought process behind him. Mm. Which is almost somehow more bearable, but it have it, been less... Ex- Every time his name comes up, I'm like, yeah, I don't care anymore. I'm good. I like what I like of his and and... That's it. I, mean, I like Firefly more because of those people that are on the screen than than him, really. Because it's still a cheesy sci-fi show that was on Fox for less than a whole season. Yeah, that's that's them. He he did some stuff too, obviously, but that's that's them. That's Nathan Filion, who I've loved since he was on uh, the soap operas that I had to watch with my mom at night.
0: <laughs> he seems like such a good dude. Um, and it just yeah, that much the way like the fact that I love X Men two so much and. I have to rectify that with this ass hat i mean i've we've known for a while, but like it's totally different when it's on paper and in your face, and like no, this is pretty much confirmed like this is the shit that went on. This is the kind of person he is, and you look at that movie and it's so good and almost perfect, just almost perfect as far as like delivering an x men movie, yeah. And God, why do I have to, you know, deal with that? <laughs> like, I, I don't, it would be so much better. Like, the first one, I can let go. Like, yeah, it was fun and I was excited, but
1: it's not, it's not, it doesn't hold up as well. It's fun. Oh, oh. It, it's this moment in our lives that was huge for pop culture. Like, oh, but God,
0: I can't believe this is finally happening. You yeah. go back and watch it now, it's like, wow, this feels like they filmed it in like, Three different places that it was so
1: cheap. It's (laughs) amazing how cheap it was compared to the like the future films. Yeah, it is funny. There's this sweet spot though of a budget that when it's really low, it's not great, but when it gets so high, it looks like X Men Apocalypse.
0: Yeah, (laughs) there's
1: like a middle ground. That's the nice sweet spot.
0: Um, Um, and I mean, he really did seem like he understood. That. And and maybe eventually we'll get the truth out of him about what was like psychologically wrong with that man. And this is why he understood like how to make that movie.
1: There's a, there's a great line and what's, well, it's great in terms of the writing. I really liked the writing of it. It's really skin crawly um, in that article where they basically say that he turned a, uh, essentially turning the allegory into him being Professor X and all these boys he abused being the tormented mutants who don't know what to do with their powers. Right. I was like, oh, vomit, but also well done, Mr. Ryder or Mrs. <laughs> Ryder. I don't know who wrote it. Um, I just thought it was. that was like a chilling line, but like, because it's always the the allegory of of the X Men as as. Gay teenagers is has always been there, and it's it's a good, it's a very strong allegory, and it's very easy to put on. Top. I have uh, a very close friend who's gay and loves the X Men, and there's a big part of that is the reason, um, uh, is, uh, because of that familiarity of like spirit, and so that's always been before all of this drama to the comparison them with Brian Singer. So then to have this writer twist it, I was like, oh my god, this is awful, but really, really, really well done.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's unfortunate. and I, I don't
1: mean, think I'll ever watch one again, man. I don't, I, I like, I don't, not, I mean, not like future ones, but I don't think I'll ever watch one of his again. I just, I can't do it. I have, like, no, I, The Usual Suspects was a top 10 movie for me for the longest time. That's a movie I loved. I think the script is good. I think everyone in it's good. And then I got the one two punch of Kevin Spacey and Brian Singer. The movie's just gone. Yeah. That used to be one of the like the three or four movies I could actually quote.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it's just uh, we had a conversation. I'd like to dig it up. I think it was on one of the old loose Staples episodes about reconciling like the the artist with the art that they make. Yep. And it it's just it's they used it's, to
1: be more forgiving. I know that much.
0: It's increasingly more difficult than than it used to be for me so
1: my god man i watched so many movies just to get johnny depp out of my top 25 most watched it's insane i watched a i I literally this afternoon watched a tv movie from 1987 with nicole kidman as a track runner who meets a friend who's a dancer and maybe she doesn't want to run track maybe she wants to be a dancer just so i could get one more movie to get her closer to knocking johnny depp off (laughs) that's fucking ridiculous but it's gotten under my skin that much that that's what i'm doing
0: Yeah, I I'm not that obsessive about it, but I know like it has reached a point where I'm like, got so many of these people I just don't like like I don't care (laughs) like uh, you're you're all horrible people apparently, and I just don't care. So (laughs) I'll just stick to my TV. They seem nicer until bad stuff starts coming out about those people too. So.
1: I think Ted, the worst thing come out with Ted is he's probably pretentious. I think like Ted is Ted in real life.
0: Oh, no, definitely. Um, his,
1: they, one of his movies is called Liberal Arts.
0: Yeah, and I could not watch it.
1: No, I watched the trailer and went, yeah, I don't think I can do it.
0: Uh, I, I just, like, like, you are not Zach Braff, so no.
1: <laughs> Have <laughs> like, you met Ted's pretentious <laughs> movie?
0: <laughs> no, even Zach Braff isn't Zach Braff anymore, so... No.
1: You know who I love is Zachary Levi.
0: He genuinely seems like a good dude, so hopefully I, that doesn't turn out bad.
1: <laughs> I've had a chance, like, because I went to the to Comic Con and went to his little nerd HQ thing for a bunch of panels and saw him a ton. It's it's weird because your memory starts to blur with time, and I feel like I spent like a lot of time with Zachary Levi. I didn't; I was in the audience, but just really close to him for like maybe eight hours of my whole time there that's like a lot of time and and he just genuinely does seem like a nice person Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and i got to meet him and got his autograph and stuff and like he's just i don't know there are people who do that and like i met i also got to meet um adam baldwin and like you can tell (laughs) like you meet him and you're like Oh yeah, all that stuff is definitely true about you. Like you're like without the Twitter presence, you're still an a-hole. Like I can tell.
2: Yeah.
1: And and, but Zachary Levi, he showed up in the marvelous Mrs. Maisel season two, um, for about five or six episodes. And it was it started off. at a show that I really loved season one and Katie did too, so she was very excited to see season two. In the first three episodes, I was like oh my god, shoot me, I can't, this is so bad, but she was so happy, and I didn't want to say anything, and then he showed up, and he was so good, and I was just like, oh, there we go, and it got me through the rest of the season, but the season, it also became a better show, it figured out what it was doing.
0: Yeah, I I hope that Shazam pays off for him, maybe not financially, because I feel like that movie's doomed to not be a huge performer, but, like,
1: reputationally
0: yeah like no like it's it's a legit fun movie he's really good in it and and like i saw so many people online this week bashing the costume because they came out that they made like several costumes and apparently they cost a million dollars a piece and Mm -hmm. people are like i look so cheesy you know uh Uh, I know cosplayers that can do better And like yeah but If you put those cosplayer costumes On film they're not gonna Look good like I don't think y'all understand That like What looks necessarily like Okay in person does not Always look good on film (laughs)
2: Yeah Yeah
0: So yeah, good for them. They spend a million dollars on a few costumes, or a few million dollars on a few costumes. I hope that means that they look pretty good, Mm -hmm. you know, and and are also not the fucking digital Green Lantern costume. So (laughs) let's be happy for
1: that. That's true. That's true. And I, I, yeah, no, I don't know. I I I look forward to it. I like the the scene where he jumps off. The kid jumps off the roof, and the lightning strikes him. Yeah. Turns it, that's really that's cool I, I don't know it looks fun i'm I, I actually here's here's what happened is katie saw that trailer and she went oh i'd like to see that she does like she saw guardians of the galaxy one i think that's and then she saw spider-man homecoming and then we watched black panther on netflix that's her trajectory we were superhero movies okay to for her to watch that trailer and go oh that looks like fun that i i just feel like it's it's going to do something really nice that's going to cross some like fan lines but not enough people are going to respect it I agree with you on that but I feel like it's got something special because she doesn't get excited and she's sort of like that to me when people like when executives you read stuff talking about like that 18 to 30 whatever like like group that you want to get into your advertising she is that for me when she gets into a trailer for something that's more mainstream like that I'm like oh shoot pay attention because this is probably going to be really good because she has this weird sixth sense where she only gets excited about the stuff that's, like, uniquely good. So mark it down here. My wife says she's, like, the she's got the sixth sense about these things.
0: Yeah, and, and it's not a, like, I don't know. It's, it's not from, like, this, oh, it's from this director, you know? Like, I, I liked Aquaman fine, but it did very much feel like like, oh, it's from the guy that made, what he make, the Two Fast and the Furious movies or whatever? Yeah. It fucking felt like the movie from the guy that made the Two Fast and the Furious movies. Like, the the whole thing is, is just, it's nonstop. And this feels a little bit more personal. So, I mean, it is really just big as a superhero, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Zachary Levi might be the closest we have to Tom Hanks and like current climate Maybe That's
1: really weird and true yes
0: So yeah I would have liked to see seen Tom Hanks do this You know play a superhero So yeah sure why not I'm in it looks fun Does it look like Captain Marvel Like it's going to blow my mind And be like oh my god they did stuff I didn't think was possible No it looks like a kid that's going to You know say a magic word Become a hero save the day Kid makes good Does better than the adults I fucking love those kind of movies So, sure, I'm all in <laughs> It might be, wind up being the best DC movie Since, you know The Dark Knight
1: <laughs> I, That would make me very happy uh, And Mark Strong Come on You know, I did not even know he was in it Until the most recent trailer <laughs> Really? Yeah, like somewhere I don't I I have not paid attention. DC News ha- happens on my screen and I just keep scrolling.
0: Yeah, like I full mean, that's on.
1: Fair. That's fair. And so but but it's really in the end not because it's like I didn't know Mark Strong was in this movie. And I really like Mark Strong with his deep gravelly voice.
2: Uh, this most, whole
1: podcast sounds like I oh, have crushes yeah. on Zachary Levi and Mark Strong. <laughs> Whatever.
0: Uh, the cast is actually pretty strong. I mean, not a only like three, I, three or four huge, quote unquote names, mm-hmm. but like Adam Brody's pretty solid, you And I'm really interested to see him finally get a chance to do something in the superhero genre, since he was attached Adam to Adam
1: Brody's in this. Yeah, what's he do? What?
0: <laughs> um, How know, did I, I miss mean, that? I don't know. And he he was attached to that damn Justice League movie. When uh, George Miller was going to make it's it. It's going to be the Flash, forever. right? Yeah, I think so. See, that so, would have been
1: fantastic.
0: Uh, uh, dude, like, have you ever read, like, the tons of shit about, like, what the, they were in pre production? Like, they had all been fitted for costumes. Like, oh, yeah. they were all making travel plans to go to Australia to film this movie. Yep. And it just, the writer Strike killed it. Killed it. it. Yep. I mean, but I guess it's okay because we got uh, Mad Max Fury Road, but the guy that made Mad Max Fury Road was going to make a Justice League movie.
1: Yep. No, I know. I, I'm forever grateful for Mad Max, though. But at the same time, that's one of those ultimate. I don't. I enjoy those stories about what if, but I rarely like invest in the what if. But that's one I'm like, uh, yeah, I'd like to go to that other universe and see what that movie looked like.
0: Yeah I mean just Oh god uh, But yeah Mark Strong, Zachary Levi uh, Adam Brody uh, That dude whose name I can't pronounce Who was in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie He's playing the wizard D- Digimon Hunso
1: Huntsu, I think Yeah Hunso Huntsu.
0: Hunso Yeah however you say it I love that guy can't pronounce his name I He's it? a fantastic actor
1: He's an Aquaman Is he? He's, I think, the, um, the, the amphibian-looking king.
0: You're right. he doesn't, who doesn't look like himself at all. Yeah. How the hell is he in Aquaman and Shazam?
1: Because you can't recognize him as the fish man.
0: You're right. <laughs> it's just so weird.
1: And Warner Brothers likes him. I think he's been around Warner Brothers movies for a long time.
0: Yeah, uh, he's, he's been a voice in the How to Train Your Dragon movies, which...
1: Oh, uh, you're seeing that soon. Uh, no, next, next weekend
0: next weekend i'm seeing it three weeks before everybody else that's suck so cool. it bitches
1: that's so cool
0: i i i've never been more excited for anything i don't think ever in my life
1: <laughs> well that's i'm i can't wait to hear about it, I, it do, so i don't know if you've heard but the word because it's playing in a few countries already and yeah. like the word is very positive
0: I I cried buying the tickets on
1: Fandango. <laughs> oh, I know. But, like, it would be soul-crushing if you got there and it was, like, a fart of a movie. And so I'm just saying, like, they're saying it's fantastic. So on top of your excitement, like, you're not going to be disappointed at the movie the same way. Yeah. It should be. I, it's not going to Spider-Man 3 you Which I walked into and it hit me in the fucking face With an <laughs> aluminum bat Okay That's what I'm trying to say
0: that, that's, uh, See that's that's how I felt about Dark Knight Rises
1: <laughs> No you didn't It could not have been as bad as Evo Spider-Man There is no way Holes in logic are not the same as dancing in the street That is so bad that they make fun of it In the animated Spider-Man movie I was
0: about to say but here's the thing It pays off so well so many years later when they bring it back into the Spider-Verse.
1: It pays off. It's
0: almost worth it.
1: Almost, right. That's right, because it does not pay off. It's just a nice joke at its expense.
0: So, but yeah, like, I I am happy that it's getting positive uh, word, but I also think that my love of this franchise and these characters would absolutely prevent it from being a movie that I didn't like. Yeah. No matter what happens. Um, I've watched the first one so many, I, I watched the first one five times in the theaters. Uh, I took all of my nieces and nephews at the time to go see it. And spent 75 bucks for us to go see it in 3D. Which was a lot of money.
1: <laughs> well, it's worth it because it's a beautiful movie in 3D. Yeah, it it, so it's one of the few worthwhile 3D movies I ever saw. Uh,
0: it is hands down... My Like next to seeing Jurassic Park I don't I I see uh, or used to see enough movies It's hard to remember Like certain experiences You know but I'll never forget Seeing Jurassic Park for the first time I'll never forget seeing How to Train Your Dragon For the first time Um, The second one hit me so hard I can't I watched it twice um, In the theater I haven't rewatched it Like I can't I cannot rewatch it. I'm gonna have to before I go see the third one. But like, even the thought just makes me so like just upset because <laughs> that movie just like floored me. It's like I can't deal with this.
1: We're gonna try to take Ezra to see it.
0: So Um. But yeah, it, it is. Uh, it, it's my favorite franchise of the last I don't know 10 or 12 years Mm -hmm. it's so good and it just I can't wait and to get to see it early with my niece in tow who was with me the the first time we went and saw it she wanted to go see it and
1: she was What you do What Tell, <laughs> tell a story What you do It's such a good story
0: I might cry
1: <laughs> Okay Well never mind tell, I'm, uh, Okay look No I'm gonna make you do the whole thing After you've seen the movie So save it Teaser For our three listeners Number three mystery listener Teaser This story's worthwhile Yeah It really is So
0: um, Yeah I can't wait Next Next weekend So We probably won't podcast next week uh, I don't know We might but we'll definitely do one after I see How to Turn Your Dragon 3. So, which that trailer, oh my God. I got to stop watching the trailer.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you won't. I would say something encouraging, but you won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop.
0: It's so good and it gets me so emotional. So,
1: Yeah, big baby. Yeah.
0: Okay. <sighs> I hope nobody dies in this one.
1: <laughs> Yeah, you know somebody's gonna.
0: I know. Oh god. <laughs> when, uh, I don't wanna I don't wanna spoil it for anybody who hadn't seen it. But when somebody dies in the second one, it just it was like a dagger in my heart, man. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, what? No.
1: Now I just wanna go watch uh have you watched any of the Tales of Arcadia shows on Netflix? The Troll Hunters or Three Below? Uh- no, no. Because it's DreamWorks, that similar animation styles. Yeah. They're really lovely shows. I'm just, like, I think you would like them. It's a good little mythology, not overly heavy, great voice actors. Kelsey Grammer plays a troll. Um, and um, it, it's That's just... <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he's very... He's in Frasier mode, too, which is fun. It's like Frasier, but slightly elevated. But still like Frasier. Um, and then, of course, the Anton... Yelchin uh, uh, performance he's great um, but anyway I, re- I really think you'd like it because uh, it says a lot of um, it has a seriousness it treats its kids with um, that it's like of the 80s but not like in a retro way it's just sort of like How to Train Your Dragon it's, it treats those characters like real people Um, and and that's when I think the the magical pieces of that fantasy epic in a way. I mean really and but it's because they treat everybody like they're real people And and I think this cartoon series does that. I don't know. I recommend it to you. I think you'd like it I
0: have to check it out. I I enjoy I got out of watching it because I was like, oh my god, there's so many episodes But I enjoyed the uh how to train your dragon uh tv series which most of it is available on Netflix. I don't know that all of it is, because you know, there's there's different iterations. There's one that takes place between uh, the first and second movie, and one that takes place between the second and third movie. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Netflix has a like alarming number of like kid-friendly shows that my little brother's always watching, and I'm just like. What the hell is this? It's like, oh, it's a show on Netflix. Like, there's a show for this uh, uh, this video game they used to play called Skylanders, Mm -hmm. which is ridiculous. But like, if you watch the show, the talent is insane. Like, I was watching it with him a few weeks ago when I was back in Columbus, and like Justin Long, Ashley Tisdale, Jonathan Banks, Bobcat Goldthwait, like every Character I was like I know who that is I know who that is Felicia Day uh, It just I was like, what the hell man Where did they get the cast For this show It's ridiculous Yeah um, I guess they got that money though So good for them <laughs> Oh man All we were right. over the place in this episode
1: We were we've, we've talked Marital seriousness And uh, how to train your dragon emotions
0: uh, Yeah that was fun. I needed this.
1: Accountability Buddies. I remembered it. <laughs> I it get just, it. <laughs> it just came back to me. Um, but yeah, man, this is good. Um, I know I've watched stuff, and I have, we could talk about that. but we've talked for like 90 minutes. Really, we're good. It's a good, solid episode. Yeah. Check out our other podcast if you haven't listened yet. Is it Logan and Ryan make Spencer watch movies, or Ryan and Logan?
0: Ryan and Logan. I didn't want to be that guy who puts his name
1: first prima donna um yeah no that makes sense so yeah okay so ryan and logan make spencer watch movies that's really fun um this podcast has a name and you know it if you subscribe to it and that's about (laughs) all i can say about that one um star wars is cool we like star wars um but we didn't talk about it this week really um but it's cool too celebration's coming soon i can't believe i'm not going i'm genuinely thinking about taking it off so i can live stream all the stuff Mm. isn't that weird
0: One year we're going to go.
1: Yeah, I know. I know.
0: When Ezra's old enough.
1: Yeah. I just want to go.
0: Me too. But there's so many people, and it makes me so anxious thinking about it. I know,
1: but Uncle JJ's going to be there. Did you hear Uncle JJ has a pop coming out?
0: Yeah, good for him.
1: I'm going to get it. I'm going to put it next to my Uncle Guillermo pop. I want an Uncle Taika pop, but it's really expensive because it was an SDCC exclusive that they kept exclusive. Like, it didn't just randomly show up at, like, books a million six months later. Yeah. And so it's, like, $40 on eBay, and I just refuse to pay $40 for a pop. Um, But um, I am going to get the Uncle JJ pop.
0: I don't... I mean... I I just... I, I understand. I just... I can't get on board with the love. So...
1: Brought me lost. Yeah, I need an Uncle Damon pop too. No, <laughs> <laughs> he redeemed himself with the leftovers. You should watch it. Yeah,
0: season but season four talking, is a
1: masterwork.
0: There's so much other bad stuff in between.
1: There's not. Yes, there is. <laughs> and oh, you're not. Oh, you're talking about his career, not in the leftovers.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah. I was
1: like, season two and three were brilliant too. You asshole.
0: No. Generally, oh, yeah. just talking about his career, and then, then he was like, "Hey guys, I can write comic books too," and then that that was just a disaster. So,
1: well, Watchmen comes out this year, so we'll see what happens on I'm HBO.
0: Gonna be watching it, cause I'm a glutton. So we'll see. <laughs> Maybe they won't fuck it up.
1: They? You mean him? Let's be <laughs> real. Yeah.
0: There's other people involved too. I'm sure.
1: Eh, nobody that matters. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, have a better tomorrow. Bye.